Greetings, everybody, and welcome once again to another edition of the Rec Poker Podcast, officially sponsored by Running Aces. I'm your host, Steve Fredland. Hey, you can get all of the information about the current podcast and past uh, podcast episodes at runaces.com slash poker. so check it out. One of the things I've talked about in the podcast is uh, from a purely selfish perspective, I've had a chance to meet some really cool people playing poker through doing All In For Africa charity tournaments and now through the podcast. And one of those really cool people is Steve Olson. He's a recreational regular player at Running Aces and Canterbury. And I've had a chance to play with him a few times over the years, but we really haven't had a chance to sit down and have a good conversation, even though I think we both respect each other's games and, you know, he's a super good guy. And so finally was able to take the time to to, to sit down with him uh, where he works at the St. Paul Hotel and have a nice long conversation, which we had to cut off because we just kept talking. Uh, but I thought it was a pretty super interesting uh, interesting conversation, and I think you'll enjoy it. So without further ado, here is a uh, taped interview that I did with Steve Olson. All right, everybody. Well, welcome back to Rec Poker here with Steve Olson. Steve, man, thanks for taking the time to do this. Deal. Absolutely. It was my pleasure, Steve. It's been fun to kind of hear from you more recently about <laughs> you know your input on the hand histories and those sorts of things. You've got great insight. and Well, thank you very much. And I know, you know, it's funny that we do kind of go back a ways running into each other at, at Aces, and I always had a lot of respect for your game. I just never really had the opportunity to know you. Yeah. And then my history with the podcast is, is I heard you, I heard your podcast when you interviewed Chris Fox Wallace. Yep. And it was an interesting interview, and I'm listening to it, and I'm going, hey, I think I know that guy. Well, then very shortly you know, after that, um, actually that was right after I had made my run at the World Series this year. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I bet you Steve would like to hear about that. And so this is kind of how this whole thing kind of began. Yeah, no, it's super cool. We, Like you said, we played together. I think we did the Six Max. Absolutely. We final we table, final table, table to the Six Max. You beat me, of course, and that. But, but, but <laughs> yeah, we go back and I've always the same things. A lot of respect. And I, I, well, he plays the bigger games. I don't play those games. So we don't run into each other that much. But little by little we have. And then right, right. all of a sudden you're like, hey. Here's the deal. Here's my story, and all of a sudden you start giving input to the podcast, and I'm just delighted to have you. Yeah. You doing well, that. you know the funny thing too is after we we final table the the six max at the um, that was a, the the uh, spring classic yeah. during the spring classic. Yep. And I was thinking to myself, man, I, I you know if there was ever an opportunity to do a a tag team, Ooh. I was thinking that you'd be a good our, our games complement each other, yeah. and I think it would be a, a pretty good a good tag team. And also, by the way, on the six max, as long as we have like this mutual admiration society going <laughs> right, exactly. there, aren't we awesome? Um, Remember we filed yeah, table that? Awesome. Remember that? <laughs> but uh, you actually nursed a short stack for a long I time did. in that tournament to get as far as you did, and well done. I mean, oh, you thanks. really did a great job at that. Yeah, I don't. I hate playing the short stack, but it's a part of my game I'm trying to work on because I'm I'm, I'm so capable of punting off a stack with equity because I hate playing a short stack so much. So that was right. actually one of those tournaments that I look back on and. And part of it was I really didn't have good spots, so I don't know if I was playing disciplined or if I just really didn't have spots. But I look back and I go, wow, I, I sure gained a lot of value by right. being patient even with a short stack. So it worked out good. That yeah, I, you know, and I'm used to not having chips, so I'm, <laughs> I'm quite adept, I think, at, at playing a short stack. Yeah. I've got pretty good patience. But, uh, 
And that's actually one of the things that we'll, we'll talk about later, I think, but it's a, it's a definitely a goal to, of mine to work on, but we'll maybe cool. talk about that a little bit later. Well, let's, let's get a little bit of your, your background, if you don't sure. mind, a little bit like how'd you get into poker and like, what do you play now? I mean, is, is it cash? Is it tournaments? Is it online? Sure. Live? Big? Small? What do you... I don't play online. Um, I, the full tilt debacle has le- left a pretty bad taste in my, mi- in my mind. So had you been playing online before I had that? been playing online okay. with full tilt, and then when that whole thing went kibosh, I lost some money. Not a lot of money, but, uh, you know, the whole thing you know it's trust a long you know it always had a bad reputation that mm-hmm. certainly didn't enforce anything with me right um so I, I i do stay away from the online now i think if the government were to come back and say you know let's make this legal yeah you know i i would certainly you know fire up my poker stars account again and and, and i do think that would be a trustworthy site but you certainly can't do that living in minnesota yeah um anyway as far as you know my background is goes i'm kind of a bit of a Johnny come lately. I didn't grow up playing cards. I didn't play with my buddies in high school. Um, I was managing a restaurant for many years and um, one of my employees and actually a very good friend of mine happens to be um, Mr. Miyagi. Uh, those of you who play big, big limit games at Canterbury certainly know who Mr. Miyagi is. Is that like his real name, or is that that's his see, poker I'm, board name? Okay, see, I'm going to <laughs> the actual Karate Kid because I don't play a lot of Canterbury. Yeah, so Mr. that's Miyagi his is poker a, board name. So, okay. like I said, if if you play big limit games at Canterbury, you will know who Mr. Miyagi okay, is. Okay, wax on, wax off. Shout wax out. on, wax nice. off. And anyway, he <laughs> borrowed me his copy of Phil Helmy's Play Poker Like a Pro. Because right. I you know, I saw all the money he was winning and he's driving a Corvette and he's got a fancy pickup truck and <laughs> you know, and he's killing it. And I thought it would be just it just always just sounded sounded like so much fun when I would talk to him and I really wanted to learn to play. So he gave me a copy of that book. Um, which I still have. I never gave back. <laughs> can, can I ask how old you were at this time? Like a roughly This is probably two thousand ten. Okay. Um, you know, and I studied that book. Um until I felt I was ready to roll into a, yeah. a, a cash game, and I hopped into a 2-4 cash game like everyone else that starts, and uh, just took it from there. Hmm. Just always trying to improve and get better. And you've never given his book back. And I never gave the book back. So if he's listening. If he's listening, I owe you a book, Chuck. <laughs> um, as, I, as you know, the dog immediately chewed the cover off of it, which is part of the reason I never gave it back, and of course I never bought him a replacement. It, um, first sounds and foremost, because he doesn't need one. I was going to say, it sounds like he'll be okay. <laughs> he'll be okay. So you need to pay it forward, maybe. Yeah, I might have to pay it forward to the next person. But he'll be okay. So you started playing 2-4. Yeah, 2-4, then you moved to 3-6, and, um, you know, started playing some tournaments, and they had pretty good, decent success with that. I actually won uh, the third tournament I ever enrolled in. Nice. And uh, That'll get you hooked. That'll get you hooked mm-hmm. big time all of a sudden. Wow. You know, you paid your 50 or 60 bucks or whatever it cost and you walked out of there with 500 and right uh, that'll get you that'll nice. get you hooked um so I, I i still play both cash and tournaments although i'm probably oh 70 percent tournaments 30 percent cash okay i there's no doubt in my mind that i'm a better tournament player than a cash player okay um and i'm certainly a better no limit cash player than i am a straight limit player. Okay, so I want to explore that that's a little a, bit that's at some a, point, for too. For sure, the weakest part of my game. Interesting. Okay. You, well, do you think, I mean, we can take a tangent here. I mean, do you think that's because it's, you know, playing the player versus mathematical? Or what, what do you think the difference is for you? I, you know, I actually have kind of a science background from college, believe it or not. Um, a lot of math, a lot of science. Um, I certainly know and can do the math. 
Um, in a no limit cash game, I have the patience of Job. I mean, I can. It just okay. doesn't bother me. I, for whatever reason, I I have two leaks in my ca in, a, in a limit cash game. A, I run out of patience. B, when I get up, I don't rack up and leave when I should. Oh, and okay. And those are things I'm I'm working on. Okay. Okay. So so the patience factor in no limit cash game. To, I assume that translates then to your success in tournament poker. I do think so. Patience. I mean, I'm, I'm think you know, I think I'm known as a pretty tight, mm -hmm. pretty patient player. I know going you know going back to Helmuth's book, um, you know, of all the things I've forgotten in all the different poker books I've I've read, one of the things that really resonated with me in that book is what he he said that he would rather blind himself out than make a mistake, hmm. and I didn't understand what that meant. For a long time, and I actually get it now. Okay, I, I really do. What, what does it mean to you then, versus just punting off a stack? You mean, or because it sounds like I mean, a lot of people would say blinding off is a mistake. A lot of people would say that <laughs> right? uh, for sure. Um, here's a question I always ask myself whenever I'm in that situation: when I'm in the car driving home because I just got beat, am I okay with the hand I just lost on? Yeah. And if the answer is no, then then wait. Then wait. Yeah, that's, that's, that's so and, good. And, and, and people, and, I, and there's a lot of people that disagree with with me, mm -hmm. and will give me funny looks about why I'm folding in certain spots. But you know, I think you got to play the game you're comfortable with. Yeah. Um, and that's always one question I like to ask myself: Are you okay going home on, on this hand? And if you're not okay going on that hand. Then you have no business plan. In that's my mind, so good. In, like, in my mind, because I usually wait until I'm driving home, and then I realize I feel okay or not, not okay. Right. <laughs> versus in the moment. Right. Yeah. No, right. That's really good. So does that mean? So so the, if patience is one of your virtues, if you will, uh, does that mean then like deeper structure tournaments you tend to do better in than there's than smaller tournaments? There is no or? doubt. The deeper the okay. structure, the longer the blinds, the better I I tend to do. Yeah. Um, you know, I've gone out to Vegas three times for the WSOP, yeah. and um, I've done. I've never lost money. Let's just okay. put it that way. Nice. Well, let's let's <laughs> let's segue to that. Well, well, kind of touching on that. I went out there this year with some buddies, as, yeah. as you might know, and we just played the smaller stuff. I mean, the, I did play the marathon, which wasn't a marathon for me primarily just because <laughs> of the hands, and I won't tell you the bad beat stories, but they were awful. Right. But um, you know, the other ones that we played, I mean, I did better in the deep stack, the daily deep stacks, where it's the 30-minute levels. That's up versus like the daily and the casinos where they're the you know the right. like the small weekly tournaments here, you know because I think the patience thing kicks in there. It's so it's hard huge. to be patient when you're at 15 minute levels and you know like I said and I'm sure we'll talk about this a little bit more later. But in my experience at the, in the senior championship this year, yeah, you that's know, what I, mean, I want to segue to anyway. Yeah, so go okay, ahead, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say you know I, as you know I made it to day three, yeah. and uh, you know I put 25, 26 hours into this tournament, and I can't, I can't tell you. Whether it was early in day one, late in day one, early in day two, late in day two, how many times I saw guys with big stacks just put a match to them hmm. because I don't know because they thought the tournament was going to be over in an hour. I don't know, but I mean I witnessed it over and over, including Greg Raymer, hmm. who is you know a, a world the fossil champion, man. Yeah. the fossil man, and he did it right in front of me because I played with him all day on Saturday. Yeah. And uh, and I'm not in no way in this insinuating that I'm in his class because obviously I'm not. But but what you, know, you saw. But I I witnessed it. You know I saw him shoving on shoving big stacks with pocket sevens, getting mm -hmm. called by bigger pairs. Mm -hmm. um, you know 
shoving a big stack with pocket eights, getting called by pocket nines, and he was gone. Yeah. And he didn't need to be. Yeah. And do you think he would look at that as a mistake, or do you think he would say that's how I play? You know? you know, it was interesting, you know, being at the table with him and talking with him, because he knows numbers and statistics yeah. and probability and can talk about them so with such ease and and talks about mathematical, you know, things in situations that, I, truthfully, I've probably never even thought so he's of. He's looking at that game theory optimals. With the absolute best of game theory right. and optimals, and uh, you know, and but at the end of the day, you know, where did it, you know he was gone? Well, talk, you know? talk a little bit about that too, because before we went on the air, you were talking a little bit about how, or maybe you were saying you know the science, but it comes down to, but if you're wrong, you're wrong. In a tournament, right. it's very different than cash where you can just reload and say okay i'm going to take the highest expected I agree. value you know once the, once you know and that was interesting about the the uh, senior championship this year too in that this is the third time i had played it one the first time i played it i did i did quite well um just missed the money uh like you just said just i just suffered to this day one of the worst we're not gonna mm-hmm. talk about it, one of the worst <laughs> bad beats i've ever suffered and then I didn't do well last year, but then the next day I did play the 250 senior event at the Nugget, and I actually came in 12th out of a field of 750. Yikes. So it was a, a very profitable trip mm-hmm. out last year. And then this year, um, Rebuys entered the picture for the first I time. I heard that. Uh, yeah. That tournament's always been a freeze out because, you know, I'm sure because uh, A, it's, it only costs $1,000 to play it. And, and B, it gets a, a huge field. Without rebuys. And, right. Yeah, and so this year they allowed rebuys, one per player, okay. no, no more than one. Um, and so that certainly did change the, the dynamic early. A um, lot of shoving and people getting knocked out. Kind and of build a builder rebuy. In huh? fact, uh, I, I specific, you know, you go on break every, every, after every two hours, the, the levels are an hour long. And I remember outside on break, talking you know just talking with some guys and i said my god you know we've played two two levels and we've had eight knockouts on my table no in two levels and and a couple other guys were surprised and a couple other guys were like same thing on my table i just i just couldn't believe it now fortunately for me i i got a couple of those <laughs> knockouts when well, it's nice um, the chips on the table but. yeah <laughs> um but you know <laughs> it was way loose you know, early compared to the last couple of years. You know, and then after I think <sighs> you could rebuy through the first six levels. So you could buy, you could rebuy through dinner break okay. on day one. Uh, and then, of course, and then things changed yep. dramatically right. um, after dinner, where things settled down and, yeah. and got a little bit more straightforward how how you would kind of expect things to play. So, so well, my first comment is I was surprised, uh, honestly, when you said you were playing that you played and finished well in the seniors event because I always thought I was I always thought I was older than you. Oh, and then now, now I'm fifty three. <laughs> now you're saying I played it three years. So <laughs> I'm like way off on my my deal here. I just look older than you. <laughs> but but, but so, thank you for the compliment. Well, yeah, um, but a thousand dollar buy in. Yeah. Uh, so hour hour long levels. How many starting chips? Give us a little bit of a yeah. Abs- for the you know that, that actually that'll get me to point I want to touch on too. But um, so man, I don't know if I if I can even remember <laughs> all these, what turn- the all these tournaments. Yeah, the starting stack. Was. I thought it was fairly. I want to say. I want to say. Oh, I know what it was. The starting stack was five thousand. Yeah, that's what I thought. I heard people were kind of like um, surprised. Here's the argument I would make. The first time I played it was, was, you know, I played this year, last year, the year before that I did not play. 
2014 was actually the first time I played it. Um, and that year, the starting stack was only 3,000. Oh, really? Absolutely. Hmm. But I would argue that with hour-long blinds, that was actually a better structure. Because you played quarter-quarter, quarter-50. Oh, really? 51, oh, okay. 75, 150, 1, 2. Okay. And then the ante started with another level of 1, 2. Okay. So now, yeah, so now you're getting 5,000 ships, but you're playing 25, 50, 51, and then Annie's are starting on level 3. Okay. I, I, I personally don't think you get as much play. But, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, people are, in, but people are so enamored. Uh, you know, I remember years ago at Aces when, you, when I was started playing tournaments out there, the starting stack was 5,000 for the daily tournaments. There was no Annie, and those tournaments weren't getting done until 5, 6 mm-hmm. o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, now you get 10,000 ships. There's Annie's, and those things are wrapped up by 2.30, oh, yeah, 3 by o'clock, 3.30 yeah. at the latest. Yep. So, you know, you tell me what the better structure is. Right, right. Oh, very good. Yeah. So, oh. anyway, yeah. So, it's hour-long uh, blinds. You played, like, eight, eight levels a day? or what No, we played um, ten levels on day one. Okay. Um, so, we started at 10 in the morning, and we did not get done until nearly midnight. Okay. Because, let me tell you. When there's 81 tables going and you got to figure out who the bubble is, that yeah. takes oh, some time. So you reached the money in day one? We reached the money in day oh, one. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Okay. It started paying out at 8.07. Um, and so I think that happened in level nine. So how many entrants? Was like 5,000? There was 5,394. <laughs> Give or take zero. Give or take. <laughs> so we, you can call it 5,400 just to make it. 5,400. So, wow. And so we the hit money. the money in level nine. Um, so, and like I said, we, that yeah, paid out forever. at 8.07. And then, but when you're at the bubble, I mean, you've mm-hmm. got to get 81 tables lined up. It yep. took, I'm sure it took at least 40 minutes yeah. to figure out the bubble. Yikes. And I'm not even sure that they even did it accurately, <laughs> right. to be quite frankly, because people were absolutely dropping like flies. Okay. And, but nonetheless. Well, and people um, hide and people do all kinds of things yeah. to try to get into the money. Yeah. Yep. And then, uh, so we played 10 levels. At the end of day one, there were 730 players left, and okay. I went into day two, um, number 50 in ships. I had a little 50? over 50. Nice. I had okay. a little over 88,000 ships. Okay. Um, so you're thinking, hey, I, well, you know, yeah, I made the money. I mean, and I'm yeah, in no, you can't. You really can't look too far ahead. You're like, you're well, I've, I've made the money. I obviously have a good stack here. Must have a fair amount of big blinds still. Oh yeah. I, mean, uh, I think we started day two. <laughs> you you know, I, I know you put me to the test But you must have at least Whatever 50, we were at, 200, 400 200 or something. Lines. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'll make more. Okay. Yeah, well, more than that. Wow, yeah. okay, great. And uh, maybe we were 3-6. Um, maybe we were 3-6. Okay. I can't... Unless you had a ton of, ton of big blinds, over 100 big blinds. Oh, yeah, a lot of big yeah, blinds. Nice, okay. And, um, you know, you, you and I went online... Um, that morning, and because I knew a table, you get your you get the your draw. table and your seating yeah. assignment the yep. day before, because that actually goes in your bag when you bag your chips. And then so then I went online the next day and I saw who my table mates were, and then right there, right I can see I'm playing at the table with Greg Raymer, so yeah. I'm a little excited about that, right? I mean, sure. if you don't play with world champions well, awesome. every day, you right. know, and yeah. um, uh, you know, but it was I, I I will you know I was cool, I was calm, I was at no point in the tournament was I ever like. Oh, I'm over my head. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what am I doing? Uh, you know, am I? I'm not sucking out and getting bad. You know, I'm just. It was just straight ahead nice. poker. Nice. Um, 
you know, day two was interesting. I, I went and lost some pots early, and then I hit a real dead patch of cards. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Which means you were playing hands and not hitting, or just not playing? Well, at first I was playing hands and not hitting, yeah. and then I was just simply not playing. Yep. Because I just I, I just couldn't. Mm -hmm. And uh, my stack went from about 106,000 down to 65,000. As the blinds went up. As the blinds went up, <laughs> I right. went the other way. Anyway, once again, after level six, we break for dinner, um, have dinner with my wife. I come back, uh, pick up pocket kings, in the first hand dealt after dinner, um, the first of six times I had pocket kings and after dinner on day <laughs> no two. Way. Yeah, six, six okay. times I had pocket kings. And you made it to day three, I know. I so there's there not a horrible says, story here. Yeah, it's not a horrible story. <laughs> okay, so yeah. I, I, I right. really played well after that. Um, nice. Although, you know, nobody knew who I was, so the, the reporters were not updating my chips. Sure. So, uh, you know, yeah. my, if you went online, it still showed my, my beginning stack of, of the, yeah. from the day. You weren't a quote-unquote notable? I wasn't a notable, <laughs> even though I was playing with a notable, because right. they were updating Raymer's stack every five minutes. Right. And uh, um, so anyway, there was a player at our table, and he had accumulated a massive amount of chips. Mm -hmm. He was actually sitting next to, he was in the uh, one seat. And where were you? No, I take it back. He was in the he was in the six. I was in the one. Okay. Um, Raymer was in the five. And he anyway, the six had accumulated a massive amount of chips. But there were probably at least three three times, if not more, where he had gotten in bad mm -hmm. and sucked out. Okay. And he was also giving away his starting hands by varying his bets, and I pretty much had it figured out. And nice. I knew if I could get him in the right spot. I could. That's where your double was going to come. I could double. That was where my double was going to come. Yep. And so, I had, I had set him up. I think pretty well by I, you know, like I said, I'd gotten a lot of big hands after dinner. Never got any action on him, but I did show a lot of aces and kings. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when everybody would fold. Well, then another hand came by, and I raised with the five six of spades. I'm sorry, the four five of spades. Everybody folded. The big blind gave a speech about, oh, I know you got kings again, and folded. Yeah. And I said, well, I could have kings. I said, or I could, I could have five high. And I showed <laughs> that hand, which I probably shouldn't have done, but I did. But I saw the look on the guy's face that had the big stack, and I knew right then and there I had him. So just yep. a very short time later, he let out, and by, the, by his bed, I knew, I knew he had a middle pair. Um, it, and it actually folded me in the big blind, and I looked at pocket jacks, and mm -hmm. I went all in. And he called without putting a whole lot of thought into it, and hmm. he turned over pocket tens. Ooh, nice. And I doubled up through him, and uh, ended up with like a hundred in the neighborhood of one hundred and fifty thousand chips when that hand was done. Nice. And at that point, the reporters took notice, got my name, right. and started updating. <laughs> you became my chips. a notable. I became a notable. With one and hand. I, and I, uh, <laughs> I anyway, I ended up finishing day two with three hundred twenty thousand chips. Nice. Nice. Um, Where that, was that compared that, to? That put me at number 38 going into day three out of 67. So middle, 67 of, the, middle players. of the pack -ish. Middle of the pack, uh, 27 big blinds. And now the pay bumps are starting to get this, real. The pay bumps are getting more significant. Um, I, the next pay bump was going to happen at 64. Okay. Um, and then, then they're, and they're going or up every 10. Or 10. 10. Okay. But after the next 10, they were going to go up every five. Okay. Yep. So it gets us to day three. Um, you know, we get moved to the Brasilla room. And mm -hmm. so we're in the room. 
The whole thing is set up for us. Yeah. The, everything you see on TV is there. Yep. The, the fancy, beautiful table all lit up with all the backdrop. The uh, the bleachers are there. The press rows are there. The interview area is there. You know, and, and it, now it's getting real. Right? Did they have a feature table out of your tournament? Was there a feature oh, yeah. table? Okay, okay. No, so they did not yet. Not yet, okay. Uh, not, not at that point. You're still day. playing the outer tables at this we're point. We're still at the outer table. But it was ready. The, the feature table in the secondary was there. The lights are there. The cameras yep. are there. It, it was ready. Yep. And so now you're thinking, well, this is getting real, right? I mean, and how many were left did you say? 67. Okay, so you're thinking, uh, I'll like, just a few tables you know, away here. Uh, there's, yeah. you know, there's maybe 10 real short stacks in the room that are right. going to be shoving on the first uh, 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 orbit or two. Yep. Um, obviously, obviously, there's a long way to go, but you're thinking, well, maybe, you know, maybe something special can happen today. Yeah. You know, you've, yeah. you've played well so far. And... Uh, so anyway, the third hand dealt. I know where you finished, yeah. so I don't like what's coming. The third hand dealt. Uh, the blinds are 6,000, 12,000 with a 2,000 ante. And the third hand dealt, Anthony LeCostro makes it 60,000. And you had about 25 bigs or somewhere in there. 27, yeah. 27 bigs. Okay. Anyway, that, and, you know, so part of the problem is, is, right, everybody at the table is new because you're shuffled from the day before. I don't know any of these guys. I don't know any of their histories. I don't know how any, any of them are playing. We haven't played enough hands to know anything. Had you done a little research online at all? I really didn't. Yeah. I probably should have. Well, that can only tell you so it, much yeah, anyway. Who yeah. knows how much it would help. Okay. Um, uh, so he makes the 60000 so I think... Which it was really shocking because I just spent the entire day, the day before, not looking at a raised no more than 3x. Yeah, no, or 5x. Usually yeah. 2x or 2.5. 2.5, 2.2 yeah. uh, was kind of standard. And I and I thought to myself, well, <laughs> what does this that's mean? jacks or less or a big ace. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, I, I can't, why would you play aces or kings like yeah, that? I mean, you see it happen, but not people at that level. So not a, you see it happen, but not right. certainly not at that level. Exactly. Maybe at, when you and I are playing at aces for... In a fifty-dollar right, no, daily, exactly. You do. but I don't. You know, I just I don't, don't the, see it at that level because typically those guys, you're looking for action oh, for sure. on a hand like that. Yeah. And so, uh, and he was in. Um, I have to think about this because I was in the ten. He must have been in the seven. Um, so he was. He. He made it uh, sixty. Mm-hmm. I look at pocket queens. Yeah. And. Uh, you said you got you know, like 300k. 320k. Yep. Um, and so I make it 175. So I'm committed, obviously. Mm-hmm. You know, my and my intention was to let him know. Well, I've got a big hand. I just put in half my stack. You know, get right. rid of your ace or whatever you got going, mm-hmm. or I, I'm willing to go with it. Yep. And it folds back to him. And then you know, it was a little bit strange. He didn't snap all in. He didn't ask to count my chips. Which mm-hmm. is usually kind of standard in that situation, mm-hmm. right? He kind of rolled his eyes, looked up in the air, and he just said, I, uh, you know, I'm all in. And so then we turned him over, and he had ace-king, and I had queens, oh. and there was an ace in the window, and that yeah. was it. You know, yeah. the flop came ace-2-3, and then a 9-10 turn in river, and that was it. Mm-hmm. That was done. And, you know, it happened so fast and so early, right. I was literally, like, in a state of shock, you know? Right. 
And then uh, you just got to sit there until they come and get you and take you to the window and give you your ticket, and you got to go to a different room for the right. payout. Yeah, which, I mean, good news, bad news, right? You pick up so 7000 or whatever you picked up? or Yeah, it was like 78 77 80 or something. But you kind of already mentally cashed that check, probably. Usually that's how I am. Like, okay, I made, yeah. I made that day. I know what I'm guaranteed. You know, now it was kind of interesting. Okay. Once I hit the money, I didn't want to know... When the at. next pay jump was, I wasn't in. You know, I wasn't looking at the clock. I wasn't milking it. I just wanted to play every hand as it came yep. without that interference. Okay. And that's and you couldn't help it, no, right? Of because course, there's yeah. guys just just talking at the table yeah. constantly. Well, the next payout's in you know in three right. spots or two spots or we're going to this, we're going to that. But I ne- I never wanted to know. I didn't want those distractions. I just wanted you know. My cards, my focus, my reads, and, and, and that's what I be cared in the, about. Be in the moment. Be in the moment. Yeah. You know, my goal wasn't to milk out my 320 and move up. My goal right. was to, 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 to try and get to the final that's table. Yeah. Um, you know, and then and then whatever happened, happened from there. But um, So do you have any regrets I, with how you played the last hand? I don't. I, well, I guess maybe you do, but I really don't. Um, you know, do you say to well, should I just call with my queens? Well, I suppose you can call with your queens, but then you're inviting who knows well, right, no, that's d- it. what to come in, come in after people you. People say, well, just call them. And now you might, club, but and now you maybe you're going to play your now or now you're going to play your queens against maybe uh, three or four people, right? And what what now? What are your odds? The flop is jack ten four. Somebody has jack ten. Yeah, whatever. whatever. I mean, yeah, exactly. the, There's a million terrible scenarios yeah. that can happen. And, um, you know, I made a read. I made the right read. I just had the wrong results. And so yeah. I, I'll, Obviously I'll, if that holds, I'll live with it. And yeah. yeah, if it holds, it's... If it, if it holds, it was a 762,000 ship pot. Right. Yeah. And I would have been fifth or sixth in ships in the yeah. room. You know, and, yeah. and then, yeah, now you can really start to think about it. Well, i got 65 big blinds right. now. And um, something at that point, you're getting pretty close to a final, can, chip, a final can, table stack. Yeah. Can happen, yeah. Well, there's 20, over 26 million chips in play. Okay. So, so the final table, you know, the average million, is 2.6 yeah. million. So you're still going to, obviously, you're going to have work to do. But, you know, unless something really bad happens, you're not going to, you're not heading anywhere anytime soon. Yeah. Um, uh, but, you I'll know, I, man. yeah, I can't, I can't, I, you know. Tremendous I, run. Yeah. <laughs> and the funny thing was, it was only the second time I had been all in and at risk the entire nice. tournament. Yeah. The first time was the Jacks versus Tens hand. Yep, yep. Um, and obviously you're in a much better spot there. Right. Um, but yeah, that was only the second time I had been all in. And it was actually, believe it or not, only the second time I had flipped the entire tournament. Oh, is that right? Nice. Early in level yeah, two, I flipped so an Ace-King versus Pocket Queens, and I had the Ace-King, okay. and I actually won and knocked okay. the guy out. So a little bit of justice. So a little <laughs> bit of justice. I mean, it was a little different situation. You know, I yeah. wasn't at risk in that situation. But yeah, um, yeah. Sweet man, well, it was a great experience. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I would recommend it to everybody. I think the World Series of Poker is, it's yeah. just wonderful. So out there. fun. It's and so I, and, fun. And I would recommend making day three. I would recommend that too to people. <laughs> yeah, I would recommend day three. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's let's take a quick For break sure. and then we'll we'll come back and sure. switch gears. Running Aces Casino and Racetrack has the best poker room in Minnesota, featuring twenty four seven promos on all cash poker games, including earning two dollars per hour in comps plus the most player-friendly tourney structures. Visit RunAces.com for daily promotions and the tournament calendar. Running Aces Casino and Racetrack, the official sponsor of Rec Poker. All right, well, we're back. Um, tremendous run. I mean, we're all jealous of you, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but no, World Series, fantastic. Good time. Highly recommend going yeah. out there. Even you if meet you a lot of great dailies. people. You meet people. You know, I played yeah. with people from France, from England, yeah. from Sweden. 
several from Canada. I mean, it's just you know, yeah. you, all over the United States. It's it's a really a great. And even time. if you don't have the bankroll to play the big ones, I mean, go out there play some of the dailies and stuff. Absolutely. Like, and then I, you know, I went into the Brasilia room. I went into the rooms and watched. You know, I'm watching Mercier play for a while. And yeah. Some of these guys, and it's just yeah, I'd watch. It's just cool. I had watched Negrano play for a while when okay. he was on the final table of the of the uh, horse event. Yep. Um, and it was, uh, yeah, really, really fun. fun to do. Yeah, it's just fun, no doubt. You realize they get the same number of cards you do. They do. <laughs> it turns out like a Hoosiers <laughs> they, moment. Yeah. Well, I want to. I want to play them better, but <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about that. <laughs> but at least they start with the same equipment. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they um, do. So, so shifting gears a little bit, I'd love to pick your brain. Uh, you know, a lot of our listeners are recreational players, sure. either regular or not as regular, or whatever. But from your perspective, you know, what are some of those mistakes that you see? players making especially in the lower level tournaments but even across the board where you're just like you know internally you're i mean i know you're humble sure. enough to not say oh i'm great and they're all making no. mistakes but in general you are there what, things that you pick up on that you're saying geez I, these guys are less experienced and need to work on this i do um and let me say i make as many mistakes as anybody i mean there's no doubt about it but i mean playing um, pocket queens i mean seriously well i know I mean, what are you doing what are you supposed to do but um <laughs> you know to kind of pair it your interview with 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 uh, Fox, I, I agree with them. The number one mistake is 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 inexperienced players are just playing way too many hands, mm-hmm. and they just don't lack. They're playing in a and they're playing them out of position, and they just don't lack the or they just don't possess the skill to be constantly playing through through uh, so many hands. You know, there's not that many hands that that play themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Even if you have aces, you know, uh, they don't necessarily play themselves. Sometimes they do, but um, you know, you're playing. If you're constantly playing out of position, um, you know, more experienced and better players are just gonna gonna prey on you. And I would say the other big mistake that I see, and I even saw it at the World Series plenty, but you know, especially the deeper you go, the the less you see it. Mm-hmm. Um, is people just simply gave away, they give away their hands by the amounts that they bet. Mm-hmm. Um, I had first actually read that in um, a book, and uh, I, I completely agree with it. Um, people just give away their hands by by their, especially their their continuation bets. I think so many players give their hand away whether they have it or not with their continuation bet. By their bet sizing continuation. By bet sizing, I think. Talk yeah. Talk a little bit about that because I know I'm I'm one of these guys that I'm, I'm getting cured of this little by little, but. I was like, you know, continuation better 95% of the time. Yeah. And, you know, I still think you win a lot of pots that way, too. You do, but there's I, no doubt there's, you do win a lot of pots continuation betting. But I'm curious um, about sizing. But I think you bet a lot more. You win a lot more of them when you're in position doing yeah, it rather sure. than trying to lean into somebody. Yeah. So what do, you, what do you look for in sizing of continuation bets? That's a different thing we haven't really Too used. small of a bet. Meaning? They're not betting enough. So uh, they're okay. basically saying, I missed this. I know I have to see bet. I want to see where I'm at. And now we're going to see where I'm at. And they'll give it away with their body language a lot of times, too, where I don't want to lose too many more chips. Hmm. You know, okay. and I don't, you know, I, I know that sounds odd or whatever, but, you know, it's just, a, I think when you play enough hands and you play enough tournaments, you, you start to get that feel. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the player, you know, the experienced player that typically is, you know, raising in position and he's, and he's always raising the same amount for whatever blind level we happen to be on. Yeah. And his bets are always the same. 
try reading that guy mm-hmm. or girl. Mm-hmm. You know, th- yeah. that's that to me. That's a much harder situation. Okay. Because um, sometimes people overbet or underbet, and sometimes it means the opposite thing. So you kind of got to figure there, out that. There's player. no doubt about it. I mean, but you have to you have to pay attention, and and I always think that's. That, I mean, I think that's one thing that I actually do mm-hmm. pretty well. Is that when I'm not in a hand, which is usually because I'm <laughs> usually folding my hands because I am pretty tight. Um, I really do try and pay attention to every single hand, every single move that's getting made. Um, even if I'm talking to somebody, yeah. they half have my attention, and the other half of it um, is certainly with the action that's going on. What are their mannerisms? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what kind of for sure? What kind of hands are they showing? How often are they raising? Um, and this is, this is a question I've asked some of the other folks, too, and I'm curious your thoughts on it. Like, I know Matt Hamilton had some good thoughts on this, too. But, like, I, I have a – my memory is just not where I'd like it to be. Sure. And so I feel like I can notice a lot of those things, but then they're just kind of gone. Or I have trouble bringing them back up. So are you sure. are you sort of looking at those things and filing them somehow in terms of, oh, I'm going to pay attention to this? Or are you just noticing and then trusting that when the situation comes up, you can kind of go back and say, yeah. oh, yeah, they – they're acting different than before. Or I, I do have pretty good recall. It's funny. If I fold a hand, because I have no, you know, I, pre-flop, I have no interest in playing it. By the time the flop hits the table, I've usually forgotten what my two cards mm-hmm. were. I mean, it's just, it's we not could. relevant to the situation. Right. And I don't want to get caught up into that game. Oh, oh I should have played I that hand. How many times right. have you heard that? I, I should have played, played my hand. Deuce. I, yeah. I should have played the hand. <laughs> no, you shouldn't have played the hand. Right. And that's why you folded it in the first place. Right. Um... <laughs> So you've kind of moved on from your yeah, hand to what's, what should I be aware I've of now? I've moved on to, to what I can be aware of, what's going on around me. Yeah. And I just I just file some, I don't know, I don't have some, you know, I just, I file it all away. But I do you just, feel like, yeah, I'm just, so, I'm so intrigued by this. I mean, do you feel like you're noticing like, okay, boy, they acted this way or, you know, they right. overbet that or they overbet that. Are you actually kind of thinking intentionally about that or are you just no? I'm thinking about that stuff and more in general, Yeah. what I'm really trying to figure out is, who am I looking to get in a hand against, and who am I looking to avoid? Ah. You know, I, I really put a lot of thought into that. Okay. You know, and and there's you know there's there's players you know Dave Margolis. I'm yeah. not gonna play that guy <laughs> unless I have the goods, right? I, I just I know when someone is better than me, hmm. and I'm not gonna you know I don't have some now, sort of a let's insatiable. Let's not go tell Dave that. Let's not tell Dave that because his ego is big enough as it is. <laughs> By the way, Dave and I actually had breakfast out in Vegas during the WSOP. Oh, right. Good guy. Great yeah. guy. Um, he was following me the whole time when I made that run. Oh, and, nice. And constantly giving me um, a lot of feedback online and just positive support. And it, cool. it really meant a lot it to helps. me. It, cool. it does help, and it, it really did mean a lot to me. But um, yeah. So anyway, so you tried to avoid him or others? Yeah, or, yeah. or Eric. I mean, why do I want to tangle right. with Eric? Right. Um, with, unless I really have the goods. I don't have, you know, I don't need my ego stroked by telling me, hey, you know, you can beat this guy. So well, th- why? So that might come into play in terms of thinking about where's a good three-bet opportunity. Where's a good three-bet opportunity yeah. or, or, yeah, how, you know, or if I've got position on a guy that I know is just, right. uh, I've got a great read on him or, and he's, he's, he's varying his bets, so I'm pretty... Mm-hmm. Confident of his starting cards, you know, just, can I isolate him? Or just float him or whatever. Or, you know, or if I'm in the big blind, can I play my hand against this guy yep. okay um you know because really my goal in a tournament is uh, you know it's not to as accumulate i mean i realize it's everybody's goal to accumulate mm-hmm. as many chips as you can but my goal really is to make the final table Survive. that's really my table. goal do whatever it is that i need to do 
to get to the final table. And then once the, once you're at the final table, you see know what? what? Let it rip mm -hmm. and see what happens. Interesting. Okay. Um, that that's and I I've had good success. I mean, yeah. in, in uh, you know, I told Eric this one time, and he looked at me like he couldn't believe it because a lot of people I think still don't really think too much about me. But in um, you know, 2016, my tournament cash rate was 37%. That's a pretty Is that good right? tournament cash rate. Yeah. Yeah. Do you? So, so I'm a numbers guy too, and I track everything. Yeah. Do you consider each buy-in like a rebuy as a separate entry, or is that 37% of the tournaments that you played one or two? Bullets? I rarely rebuy. Okay. I mean, I, I've done it. Because I've heard Don't people do those stats. I'm trying to figure out, like, was that include? Because no, I treat every single buy. To me, buy an as entry is an entry. So 37% of entry fees paid, you cash. Correct. But Dude, I, that's crazy. I am i don't rebuy yeah. a lot. I remember I had, I had a stretch last summer and fall where I final tabled, like, 12 out of 15 tournaments in a row. crazy. It was yeah. so, I mean, it was the sickest run that yeah. I that I'd ever had. Yeah. Um, which certainly helped to that <laughs> well, pad those stats. Yeah, you're, but, a little eighty-five percent. You know, it was there, great. Yeah. You know, I, I yeah. kind of, you know, I've I've only played a couple times since the World Series of Poker, but I final tabled at Canterbury last night, mm -hmm. got seventh. Um, that was a nice tournament. It's just a fifty-dollar tournament, one hundred and four players. Yeah, I, I'm happy. You know, yeah. it's phenomenal. Yeah. Let's take one more quick break. Yeah, and then we'll come right Let's back. Let's do it. Running Aces Casino and Racetrack has the best poker room in Minnesota. Featuring 24-7 promos on all cash poker games, including earning $2 per hour in comps, plus the most player-friendly tourney structures. Visit RunAces.com for daily promotions and the tournament calendar. Running Aces Casino and Racetrack, the official sponsor of Rec Poker. All right, well, welcome back. I wanted to ask you, too, I want to at least get a plug-in here where, if you don't mind, we're sitting yeah. here at the St. Paul Hotel. We are sitting here at the beautiful and historic St. Paul <laughs> Hotel. Beautiful and historic. Well, I wanted to give a shout-out because you said <laughs> this is kind of your domain where we're sitting. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? We're sitting here in the lobby bar at the St. Paul Hotel. This is where I bartend. Um, and then another girl, Risha, bartends here, too. And then so when I'm not bartending, I'm serving. Um but yeah, love it here. Love it here at the hotel. It's a, it's an awesome place. And that's where we're you know we're talking about playing the running aces anniversary tournament. You got to work on Sunday. Or you get yeah, on. I got to work on to Sunday. So yeah. um, which doesn't always happen. Right. Uh, but I do have to work on Sunday. So there's really no point in playing day one if you can't, can't play, play day Sunday. two. <laughs> and the reason I brought it up partially to give them a plug, but also curious like you know as a bartender too obviously you're you're talking to people all the time i assume talking to people all the time maybe it sounds stereotypical but is there you, you run into a lot of poker fans yeah. um there's a couple of, of regulars business guys that actually live out of state but they they come here quite a bit so they were certainly following me on, on yeah on, on when i was at the world series and i can't wait to see those guys back in here again next time they swing through town no as, a, as an analytic by trade you know i i tend to try to avoid people you know, whereas, you know, as a bartender, obviously that's your that's your world. And so right. I'm curious, like, if, you know, just from hearing conversations or how people's body language are, or how they present themselves, do you do you feel like there's anything you, either whether intentionally or not, that you kind of pick up that you maybe can translate to well, the table? And I do in the sense that, um, you know, I I've been in the restaurant uh, industry since 1984, so mm -hmm. I've been in a long time. Previous to the hotel, I was the general manager of a full service restaurant for 17 years, and. Uh, when you're a GM, basically every day employees come to work and they lie to you. And so, <laughs> <laughs> so it is like poker. <laughs> so it is like poker. So I do have a lot of experience uh, uh, when people are telling me the truth and when people are not telling me the truth. 
Yeah. And whether that's, you know, body language or, and I'm certainly not going to attribute that to any success or failure I've had in poker, but I can't imagine that it hurts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, but yeah, and getting back to the hotel, like, you know, it's great. I meet people from all over the world, um, movers and shakers, you know, tend to hang out here and um, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. So I'm curious, like, so I know you, <laughs> I'm getting the sign language. <laughs> Funny. Um, so I'm curious, I know you said you, you have sort of a, whether it's engineering or mathematical background or, or something like that, an analytical side, and, yeah. you know, yet you consider yourself more of a, I wouldn't, well, I don't want to use your, you, know, you didn't say this, but in my words, more of a field player or sort yeah. of a combination of those two. So I'm kind curious. Kind of a combination of the two, but like, when it comes to tournaments and no limit play, okay. I certainly, uh, I tend to go with, you know, reads and feel and was what hands am I putting on people. And I really try and, and really work that part of the game. I, I personally think it's more important than, yeah. well, the odds say I should call. Because if you're wrong, you're out the door and, you, and that's the end of it. You don't, right. you don't get another hand. Right. Um, and to me, it's really important, uh, you know, to, to not get it all in in marginal situations. Um, because you know, because of the, the the you know to me survival is way more important yeah. than than well the odds said I should be in there so you know there I'm in there and then now I'm gone yeah um, you know so if was I got a fold I got a fold it's just the way it is was that a transition for you then as as somebody oh, with sure. bent did you start more mathematical in the game and well transition? certainly is I was a, you know like I said I started playing limit more than before yeah. I ever got into tournaments or or no limit you can't play no limit in Minnesota but you can actually in Wisconsin mm-hmm. I've got a cabin up in Hayward so I do play a lot of nice. no limit um, in during the summer when I'm up at the lake. Um, nothing better than fishing guides flush with cash, kids. <laughs> if you can get on a table with them, I would highly recommend it. Nice, nice. Um, uh, so yeah, it, it's all been a learning process, right? Yeah. It's all been a, it's 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 all been a, a, a transition. Yeah. Um, but like I say, you know, you, you got to be right because if you're wrong, <laughs> you make no money. Right. Um, and you know. Yeah, there's always an next tournament the next day, yeah, or the next hour or whatever. But um, you know, yeah, and I'm I'm a math I guy, like to so win. I get the the concept of expected value. I kind of like that idea, right? But you take that to the next level for all you math nerds out there. This whole idea of utility theory, which is really right. around what's the value of the upside and what's the value of the downside. For is that, sure, is that next thing. It's not a pure mathematical. You have to look at yes, but uh, what is the uh, value? A of lot winning? of times, what's I take a lot of time, you know, to to bet or call um, on the turn. Um, and the reason is, and that is the then because I'm I, I really am actually running through some numbers in my heads when it comes to implied value, okay. um, especially when, when when it comes to calling, um, because at the end of the day, you know, you, 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 there needs to be some math involved, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, um, so I, I certainly do give a, a, a lot of weight to you know what are not necessarily what are the implieds now, but how much can I win when this hand is over, right? Um, you know, and if, if if it's not significant, then why take a big risk? Find a better spot. Just find a better spot. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you know, it's like your 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 pocket sixes hand, or your or you know what, your the ace queen hand that you talked about, where yeah. you fold the preflop. Well, you, you had to fold the preflop. Mm-hmm. You had no choice but to fold the fold the preflop, because there's just better spots to get right. your money in. But so many of us less. Less experienced players say, but it's well, ace yeah. queen. You look at the ace you know, queen. You don't think about the relative value. You think about the absolute value. Is I'm going to tell you right now, in, <laughs> in, during the World Series of Poker, and this is just me personally talking, 
I never played Ace Queen one time. Mm -hmm. I never played King Jack one time. I never played King King. King Queen one time. I was gonna say King King I've, might wanna. Yeah. yeah okay. King Queen one time. I've folded him every single yeah, time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I do remember a couple of times like I raised with a suited ace jack, mm -hmm. more like I would raise with any suited ace if it was folded to me and in I was later in, late, in late position, yeah. just looking. And the only thing I'm looking to do is pick up blinds yep. and annies, and that's exactly what happened. Yep. But um, especially in those big tournaments, trap hands. Mm -hmm. I mean, they call them trap hands for a reason. Reverse implied odds, right? I mean, You're gonna win small or lose big. Yeah, they they are trap hands for for a reason. Yeah. You know, play your king jack, flop a king, and see how much money you lose. Right, right. You know, or because you, you're not gonna win anything because yeah. nobody else has a king, you're not gonna win anything. Right. If they hit a king, they're better than yeah. you. So I don't. I mean, it's, I, I yeah. don't even plan. And you'll see guys raising with them like they're the greatest cards right. on earth. Yeah. And. Uh, they're you know. balancing the range or whatever they're doing, you know, that next level sort of thinking. But, yeah, you yeah. get a lot of trouble. Yeah, you basically want to flop a straight. That's you know, the only thing you feel good about. <laughs> the other interesting, not to dwell on poker too much, but... Well, it is a poker podcast. It, yeah, it so. is a poker podcast. Yeah. But in that World Series, I bet I played 20 pocket pairs, mm -hmm. and I was 0 for 20 flopping Flop a set. Yeah. 0 for 20. Mm -hmm. So as nice as it is to flop it, right. man, was that a strange streak yeah for sure yeah. but who knows maybe at the end of the day maybe it was a good thing well, because right. try to get away you, from your you set when you're trouble. beat you know yeah. so maybe that was it turned out to be a good thing you know who knows you'll yeah. never know no nope. that's the beauty of poker right? right it is it is you never know <laughs> you never know well let's talk about uh, one more thing i really want to talk about we'll have to have you back on because i, I really want to dig into strategy so if sure. you want to hear more about how steve thinks and his, <laughs> his 37 percent win rate or cash rate and you know he's on the rec poker podcast giving input and that sort of stuff too sure. but you might have to read the book when it comes out but, <laughs> but um i don't know i will not be writing a book <laughs> but but in general i'd love to know i guess it's, it's one question but it's a couple parts um you know how intentional are you about getting better at the game sure. you know or is it just you play when you play and you get better as you play or right. and and then like how how do you get better like what what have been the keys for you improving either intentionally or sure. just from observation well i can tell you the the things that i'm really really trying to work at in my game right now first and foremost um is my emotions hmm. in that I I tend to get in certain situations I get too emotional and well, I'm that trying surprises to, me I don't see you that way at all usually I'm cool and collected yeah. but I can get nasty okay especially in a bad beat and externally bad or internally both really yeah okay. and I, I'm really <laughs> trying to work on on, on that okay um you know, I've caught myself doing it, and it's just so stupid. Like one of my pet peeves, and I've done it, and, I, and I'm, and I'm, but when in a in a fifty dollar tournament, when you knock somebody out and you give a fist pump, yeah, really, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I've I've probably done it too. Come on, I, I mean, know, I know. You know, you can maybe win five or six hundred yeah, right. bucks. So somebody gonna, did that, and to you're you going to give a fist pump, and it, yeah, and okay. the, it makes the and I've had people do it to me, and it. it, it that I've done it, and I'm. It's one yeah. of the. It's. I'm trying to, to to work it out. Yeah. Um. And I'm. I'm really trying to be more even keeled. And, Is that because and work on my emotions? Because I think at the end of the day, too, if someone gets under your skin, yeah, you've just given them. You're an, now you've, place of you've given them an advantage. Yep. And uh, poker is hard enough without giving advantages. Yep. Okay. Another thing I'm trying really consciously have made it a goal of mine in 2017 um, is. Like I said, you know, I'm known as a as a pretty tight player. How do you survive those uh, 
runs of dead cards where mm -hmm. your cards are dead there's a lot of action going on around you and you just can't play mm -hmm. the good players can do it figure out a way mm -hmm. they figure out a way and that's that is for sure the one area i'm struggling with i'm probably going to have to get professional help mm -hmm. <laughs> with that yeah. um you know whether it's a coach or whatever but um that's definitely on on my list okay. for this year so those are really the two things. And, the, and the, you know, the other thing is, you know, how do you get better? I certainly do read, you know, not constantly, but I, I, mm -hmm. I have a few, few core books. And I, I tend to go back to them rather than buying the next yeah. book that comes out because, um, I don't, like I said, Helmy's book is a great book. It, it's more of a, to me, it's more of a beginner's book. Mm -hmm. if, if you know somebody who's just going to start playing poker, I think it's a great book for, mm -hmm. for someone who is looking to get into it. Um, uh, I've got Negrano's book uh, I think is an is a excellent book mm -hmm. you know I, I've got um, you know Brunson's book uh, Johnny Chan's book um, is there you know, one one or two that you consider the go-to's for you like if you, you really know, like I think if I think of my game I really yeah. think I've taken a little bit of everybody yep. <laughs> Yeah. And trying to, because you're just, you're not, you know, to think that I'm going to sit here and play like Helmut, to think like Chevron sure. or Doyle, whatever, you know, you're, you're kidding yourself. Mm -hmm. It just isn't going to happen because you're not those guys, you know, right. possess those skills. But if you can take key components of, 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 all, of whatever kind of knowledge you can get your hands on, whether they're books, you know, the internet is an infinite resource. Right. Yep. I mean, there's more poker information on oh the internet gosh. than you could read in a hundred lifetimes right. or videos you could watch. Um, you know, take what works for you. And you know what? If it doesn't work for you, don't try and, you know, jam a square peg into a round yeah, I th hole. I think that's such a good point. You know? I mean, I know we got to wrap up here, but, you know, the, the idea of what works for you, what's your personality. I mean, I tried to right. learn the game, and it was T.J. Cloutier at first was, like, the first book I read, and so it was, like, ultra tight, like, I mean, tighter than what you're talking about. Right. And it worked okay, but I never ran deep. You know, I could cash or whatever. Right. So then I'm like, okay, how do I increase my, you know, when I, when I do cash, you know, and then I went the other way, like, hyper-aggressive. Right. And like, oh, that, that just wasn't my either. personality. Just, yeah. It, I if felt you're not, so uncomfortable doing it. If you're not it. comfortable doing yeah. it, I, it shows. So I think that's almost where you start players. is like, what's your personality and what right. what seems to be a good style right. of play? Now maximize that. Right. You know, and learn enough about the others so you know what other people are doing and you can go into that mode if you have to. Right. But yeah, I think that's a huge, right. what's your personality. Yeah, when to turn it on, when to turn it off. Yeah. Um, you know, and table dynamic to, to me is such a huge thing and makes yeah. such a big difference. Are you in a tight table or are you in a loose table? Because the big thing is, is that I think the more I play, and, you know, let's face it, practice makes perfect. The problem mm -hmm. with poker is, is practice gets pretty expensive. <laughs> and it takes a long time. Yeah, and it takes a long time. But, yeah, you know, the more you play, table dynamic is such a huge thing. Like, I, uh, you know, I, going back to the, the World Series this year, day one, I was on three different tables. Mm-hmm. And, I, and the first table didn't last long, although I knew it wasn't going to last long because they actually sat us in the sit-and-go area because they were so short on tables. Yeah. So I knew it was going to break fairly soon. Um, day two, uh, never changed tables. Was there for, and we played ten and a half levels, actually, mm -hmm. on day two. Okay. Um, so I was there uh, from 11 in the morning until 11.30 at night. Um, and I never changed on that table. Yeah. And at the end of the day... There was only two of us left on that table mm -hmm. that started mm -hmm. uh, that table. The guy that me and then the guy that doubled me up mm -hmm. was was uh, still there. Okay. 
Yeah. So just understanding how the I, yeah. So I like different tables. I like not changing tables. Okay. It's yep. obviously you have no control over that. Um, but if you feel the like you more have more, I can play with guys. Yeah. I feel the better that I can do. Well, especially if you feel like you have an information advantage in terms of you feel like you can internalize and you're paying more attention. Right. Like I would, I'd like. I don't know if I would like that as much, even though I like to pay attention and stuff. I feel like others are better at it than me. Oh, okay. So even though I, it helps me know them better, I think sure. they're probably learning my game better than I'm learning them right. there. So maybe switching tables might be better for me. Yeah. But. And like I said, you know, especially on day two, I found myself, well, and this obviously had nothing to do with me, but Raymer's at our table, right? Yeah. So there's a crowd around sure. our table, yeah. like I'm playing on TV. Yeah. Well... Just to keep myself from being distracted, I mean, I didn't look at them. You know, I just I just stayed focused on what was going on That's at the good. table. Yeah. Um, because I think it would have just been so easy. And I think a couple guys, I think, did get caught up. Get in enamored with on. him. They get enamored with him, and they're talking to him. They're right. trying to find out. You know, they're dropping names like they know somebody. Right. And they want to be his Twitter buddy. Yeah, they, yeah. You know, they're taking pictures uh, between right. levels. You know, I didn't I didn't take my picture with them. Yeah. I didn't. You know, I I didn't. I, Talk to him a little bit, you know, sure, just to be yeah. social, but yeah. you know. Well, it um, is cool, but if you guys, yeah, it is cool, but you, you know, focused. you know, you're up, and guys are, you know, they're looking at the crowds and waving to their right. wives, and right. um, my poor wife had to stand there and have me ignore her all night long, and <laughs> yeah, fortunately for her, she's social, so she did, she did all the talking for me, nice, people nice. around her. Nice. Well, any, uh, I guess, any final words of wisdom <laughs> as we uh, as we depart here? Anything final? Not parting really. Words for just uh, you know. If it's not fun, don't do it. Nice. Um, you know, I guess that's the best way to do it. You know, uh, if you're losing too much money, don't do it. If you're having fun and you're making some money, and you know, and everyone plays for different reasons too, and yeah. that's another thing that we can talk about in a, on a different podcast someday. But why are people there? Right. I mean, you know, uh, I've you know, there's I, I'm not going to name the player, but. There's a, you know, a, guy, a player that aces that everybody knows that plays a lot of tournaments. And he's there to lay a bad beat on you, mm-hmm. period. Yep, for sure. Results are not, if you get some, great. But that's not his right. primary goal. Right. He's not there for the money. Mm-hmm. He's there to lay a bad beat on you. And I just see guys getting sucked into him and sucked into him and sucked into him. Yep. And this is like, you know, man, guys, come on. You so, know. so let's leave it this with we'll leave why, it there. Why, no, why, <laughs> why do you... Steve Olson, why do you play? I play, I have to be honest, I love it. I love to play. I love the competition. Sure, the money is great, but I'm not getting rich playing poker. Mm-hmm. I just don't, I don't, I just don't have the time to commit to it. Right. Do I have the goal of someday being able to do it full time? I do have that goal. Cool. I'd, I'd love to be able to do that, but right now it's really not, not in the cards. Um, I love to play. I, I I love the companionship. I love meeting, you know, seeing the guys. I love seeing you when we play yeah. when we play cards. I mean, that that's a big deal of it. Um, but you know, I'm I'm I've always been a pretty competitive guy. You know, mm-hmm. played a lot of sports when I was young. I didn't actually hang up my football cleats until I was 45 years old. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah. uh, you know, I've always uh, cool. I I like to win. You know, yeah. I don't know what. A better way to put it. I just like to win. Well, let's hope to see your picture uh, more and more. Yeah, right. On the Running Aces Hopefully. website, wherever else. Right. Cool. Yeah. Well, well thanks for having me. It's, oh, my pleasure, been a man. Pleasure. We'll do it again for sure. Love to. Yeah. All right. Well, that wraps up another week of the Rec Poker Podcast. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Steve Olson. I know I did, and was left wanting to hang out with him a little bit longer. Just one of the really good guys in the Minnesota poker scene. 
uh, hey, if you have any questions about this deal, any suggestions, you know, it's just me kind of doing this deal, doing it for fun, doing it for free. So I hope you're enjoying it, but I still want to improve. I want to make, uh, make improvements wherever we can. So if you have ideas, suggestions, reach out to me on Twitter at Rec Poker. We got a Facebook group, Rec Poker, or you can email me directly, stevefredland at gmail.com. I love all feedback. I can't always incorporate it all, but I love the feedback. It's the only way we're going to get better. So uh, please uh, let me know. And if you're enjoying it, hey, give us a like, give us a follow. Uh, let me know that you're out there listening. We know we've got a good number of plays, but it's always nice to hear from the folks that are listening. So with that, uh, we will see you next week. Thanks. Thanks.